Waypoints is a podcast for mature audiences. Content warnings can be found in the description. Welcome to Waypoints. My name is Lucas Strong. I am your host. I am bringing in, well, starting out with just my friends, people that of interest, the young entrepreneurs and people who are in the middle of living it, um, to ask them about their experiences. People who don't have the luxury of anecdotal success to look back at their mistakes and say, oh yes, that was for the best. Um, mostly interested in talking to people who are in the middle of it and working on figuring it out as they go. And my first guest here today is Sam. Uh, if you could introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Samantha. Uh, I am a former sous chef. I used to work with Luke way back when, and now I'm a glorified line, uh, sorry, glorified lunch lady, uh, and also small business owner. My turn. Glorified lunch lady. Glorified lunch lady. Yeah, um, and that restaurant, we just don't talk about it. doesn't even exist anymore, does it? <laughs> right? It got replaced, yeah. It got replaced, less, yeah. as most restaurants as most restaurants tend to. Um, yeah. It was replaced. So, um, yeah, early morning, first recording. You actually, you woke me up this morning with a phone call, so thank you for keeping me on the straight and narrow. No problem. <laughs> it took, I'm not going to lie, I was... <laughs> I was out there for a while because I was like, I could keep texting him or I could just bite the bullet and make the one fucking phone call. You know, I live to help you, really. This was all for you. Truly. I'm, I've never been so blessed to <laughs> finally, after like eight minutes, to just suck it up and make one phone call and say fuck you to my uh, social anxiety. Hey, what more can I do? Anyway, so <laughs> I digress to get to the to get to the topic. So we're gonna start out with some basic stuff. Um, how many fluffies did you bring? I you, just brought this one. This you is brought like the one. Yeah, and then I have Pikachu. And now you have Pikachu. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. like fiddling. Ooh. A lot. Helps you think. Helps you focus. Something like that. Yeah. I I don't think I ever looked my therapist in the eyeballs when I talked to her. I'm just like, I'm legitimately sitting on the floor playing with kinetic sand like I'm six years old. Well, what did it used to be called? Um, moon sand. Moon That's what sand. it was? I think. I don't know. Like Mars? <laughs> Mars sand. I don't remember. It was all the packaging. Moon sand. It had like a song. No, no, nothing. no. <laughs> okay, fine. All right, all right. Well, let's, let's just let's just jump right into it then. So, you you say you're a glorified lunch lady, um, but with that, and that you own your own small business. So, why don't you tell me about your business? Because everyone's like, oh, I know what a hair netted, miserable food scooper is. Fuck is yeah. Like I feel like when I'm at work, I should. I should talk like this and just be like really disgruntled all the time and call you everyone. You want more pudding? <laughs> I made 50 pounds of mac and cheese today, sweetheart. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so tell, tell, me, tell, me, 
tell us all a little more about your business. So, uh, my business is, um, I make Kokodama, which, uh, a lot of people don't know, um, because it's weird. Uh, it's basically like a Japanese style of displaying plants without a pot. So it's like encased in moss and they hang and whatever. It's like supposed to emulate the, the feeling of like nature and the idea of like uh, wabi-sabi, um, which is like the the Japanese idea of like bringing nature into your home with like a minimalist kind of whatever look at it um so yeah i make that uh i make and sell that out of my apartment um i've also started branching out and started doing like uh like dried floral arrangements um and like really using like (laughs) that's like where the goth part of me comes in and (laughs) there's just like various animal bones in my house um and that's when i that's that's like my burnout project for when I'm just over touching balls all day. <laughs> Which right. like you know me and that normally never happens, but like but sometimes I, there's enough dirt under your fingernails. Everywhere. Right? It's like I have dirt in all my crevices. Ew. Like when I'm in the throes of working, like I've blown my nose and like it's black and I've like picked my <laughs> like cleaned out my ear and it's just like full of dirt and moss and like it's fucking everywhere. It's everywhere. So what is that walk walk well, just walk me through the process, right? So you you lay the moss down, you cover it in dirt, and then you wrap it up. <clears throat> in uh, for idiots, right? Is that like the idiots? <laughs> Uh, it, it actually starts with the plant and like, uh, like making like a dirt home for it and then encasing that in moss and then like designing it and making it look, I don't know, uh, aesthetically pleasing. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's like roughly what I do when I'm like in the throes of ball making. Okay. Do you like, do you buy your plants propagate? I'm like, what's the... What's like your, I guess like, I guess what, I, what I'd like to know is like, what's the model? Like what's, what's the big, what's the big picture here? Like, what is it that, is this like a passion project for you? Is this something you see growing in your life? Or is this just something you're doing in the meantime while you figure it all out? Um, I thought I wanted it to be like my end all thing and like have a shop or what have you. Um, but now in like the last six months, I think. Um, my views have changed, um, and I'm just doing it as, like, a passion project while I still enjoy it. Um, I wanted, I wanted to do something with it, but now I've basically settled on the fact that, like, I want to move to Korea in, like, two or three years, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I really don't want to have to, like, start over and reestablish myself in a whole nother country, in a different language. Right. So there's kind of a timeline. Yeah. On your balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like oh. uh, like Lance Armstrong's. Oh, we don't like him anymore. Right? Oh. Isn't he a cheater? Oh, yeah. But he only has one ball. Oh, true. But that, my favorite thing about Lance Armstrong is that he got, like, whatever, cheating. And then he just literally went like, yeah, but everybody's doing it. Like, <laughs> I am not going down with this shit. 
I am taking everybody down with me. He's like, I will bust my one last nut to throw everybody under the bus with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I like to cycle. I'm not really big into, like, the celebrities, right? I don't... I know Lance Armstrong. I right? think that's the but, only like, one. And he's he's so easily confused with Neil Armstrong. It's odd that there's two Armstrongs that happen to be famous people. Um, but, oh, here's a good question for you. Just, just for some fun debate. Do you think we went to the moon? <laughs> um... I do, yes, but I've also been listening to uh, a lot of, like, my favorite podcasts, last podcast on the left, and they, like, bring up a lot about, like, different moon conspiracy theories and stuff, uh-huh. but yes, I personally do think we made it to the moon. Oh, good, that'll make my dad happy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I can post this. You're, oh. you're, you're, you're not radicalized. <laughs> All right, so... Um, <laughs> Um, otherwise though, just in your life and not just in in your business, which is interesting, right? But what have been, like, as you've been navigating all of this, right? And, and, and as an industry professional, um, someone in hospitality industry, at least, I'm sure that you are very intimate with that breaking point, that <laughs> spot where it was like this far and no further. When did you... And what are some of the times where you realize that, like, like this is not sustainable, you know? Um, <laughs> and ultimately made you take that switch towards kind of doing your own thing, your own business, and taking a step back and, and, and being emotionally okay with the fact that, like, you left a sous chef role to take a demotion, but that was by choice to enrich your life. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that whole journey, that moment. <laughs> oh, buddy it's a fucking journey uh you saw some of it i don't think you saw the downcline of just like uh my life <laughs> uh at that point um when i called it quits uh you know like we worked together i've always struggled with depression for like the last 20 some years which is I hate to bring up anything in double decades for myself. Um, <laughs> uh, it's okay. We're getting old. It's fine. Well, that's like, for me, it's all the 80s is 20 years ago. The 90s is last decade. Yes. And it will always. be until I'm 90. No, I won't, I won't live to be 95. Are you kidding me? I, yeah, ru- no. I ruined my guts. Um, <laughs> like... I don't know. Okay, I'll be I'll be a solid sixty four, and <laughs> it'll still be the eighties was twenty years ago, and the nineties was last decade. Yes, and we're still in the thousands, and Y two K just happened. Yes, and my mom was stocking up on fucking canned bread. Can- no, you have canned bread. Oh, we no. had canned bread. Canned oh. bread. That's like, oh god, oh no. Because oh. we never opened it, and I still to this day regret it. Because I have the question that has always been on my mind: is was the bread cooked <laughs> and then put in the can, or oh. was the bread cooked in the can? Or like, do you take it out and kind of like slop it on a tray and then throw it in the oven? Yeah, is it dough or is it just like? Can you crack open canned bread and just go to Spoontown out of it? You know what oh. I mean? Like, can you just eat a can of bread? How did we get here? Because you um, you brushed off talking about things that are challenging. So uh. we, we, we the question <laughs> the question kind of posed was, um, 
Oh yeah, just yeah, kind yeah. of your story, just stuff that's happened, like the things that got you to where you are, and why nowadays you own a business, and why that business that you own that most people that would look at and say like, "Wow, that's amazing," and you know, if you ask them where do you see some in five years, like, "Well, I hope to see my business." booming and having stab, you know, and you're sitting here being like, well, you know, I'm going to leave it all behind and move to a different country. So I want to hear about all of that, the journey. Like, I think that's, that's why you're here. It's why you're on the couch. That's that whole mentality and mindset is what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, I, (laughs) I've come to realize that like me personally, I feel like I'm the human embodiment of scrappy. Uh, I have nothing planned out ever. Like, I literally wing everything and just, like... Like Scrappy-Doo? Right. <laughs> like, that kind of Scrappy? Or, like, Scrappy, like, the word. Like, you the are... The word, okay. not the character. Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm sitting here trying to think, because don't forget... I'm sorry, this is another sidebar, but don't forget how awful the second Scooby-Doo movie was and how much the first one pissed me off so much because they made Scrappy the villain. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That's been on my watch list for 30 years. Hashtag spoiler warning. Scrappy Doo's the villain. In case anyone was wondering, and he gets this weird demonic head, and it frustrated me to my core because I loved Scrappy in the cartoons. Really? Yeah. Oh, that kind of changes my like overall opinion of you. I need to, Okay, okay. I liked them when I was a child. I need to rewatch okay. them. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's the equivalent of, like, going back and watching 80s movies, and you're just like, what the fuck was I into? Because I tried watching Biodome recently, Oh yeah. and I think I got, like, about 18 minutes in, and I was like, I cannot do this sober, and I already want to kill myself. <laughs> this is not helping the case. Dude, there's so many movies from that time that, like, people still watch as, like, a classic, and you just can't help but wonder, like, like this did not age well (laughs) um one that i do still fucking love watching all the time is evolution the one with uh david duchovny Uh uh-huh or whatever and it's just like the dumbest fucking movie ever but it's like i feel like it's like one of those like dumb cult classics and i will watch that until i retire Great. So obviously the kitchen and life did not do <laughs> wonders for you. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I definitely... It's rough. Uh, I've been in the industry for like 10 or so years, just like hopping around line cook to line cook, um, which was like fine. I think at that time, like... 10 years ago everyone had that dream of just like oh yeah i just read kitchen confidential i'm gonna be a badass cook and it's gonna like (laughs) i'm like i'm gonna fucking make a name for myself no matter what it takes yada 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 and then like the more that progressed the more it was just like fuck like (laughs) this isn't like it's it's all so glorified and at the end of the day you're just like you you work 15 to 19 hours a day to like for what like to validate to yourself that you did something worthwhile or whatever even though it was like fucking sauteing onions for eight hours i don't know like like the 
the glory wore off for me and it just like started taking a huge mental toll on myself. Um, I think one of like the big things that really resonated with me, um, that changed how I saw, uh, saw myself in the food industry was like, um, my, my ex-boyfriend had passed away and I found out mid-service and, um, I was a mess and instead of like going home and taking care of myself, uh, the GM gave me a shot of whiskey and like I went back upstairs and I finished my shift and like, um, I just remember like two days later, my, my chef and my sous chef sitting me down and being like, Hey, you're not focused. We understand that somebody like you cared about died, but like, if you can't, if you can't get your shit back together, like we're going to have to let you go. And instead of being like, fuck you, you know, like, like let me grieve and yada, yada, yada. I like said, I was sorry. And just Mm -hmm. like pushed it all down. (laughs) Like you learn to do and you smoke a cigarette, and you just fucking go back to work, and you, like, you hate on yourself for the fact that, like, you had human emotion, yeah. and how dare it get into work. Um, yeah, how dare it, dare it affect your efficiency, your, your, yeah, how dare you be distracted by a death. Yeah, how dare you not properly uh, cool down the cauliflower gratin and not portion it correctly before you went to your uh, late ex-boyfriend's wake. Yeah, exactly. Right. How did? Oh, you don't have time for this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, and that was like the first moment where I was like, oh, okay. Like I, at first, I took pride in like I'm such a dedicated dedicated line cook. Like I can't go home for my parents' birthday. I can't go home for like my sisters, whatever. I'm not going home for Christmas. I have to work. Like I like I took pride in that. And I feel like that's what everyone felt like, at least in the beginning. And, like, I'm going to work so hard and people are going to, like, know me in Chicago because, like, I'm such a great whatever the fuck and I'm going to come up with all this food. And then, like, (laughs) and then you become a sous chef and you're just like, I fucking hate everything all the time. Like, well, let me uh, elucidate (laughs) a little bit of... um... You go higher than that, you keep you keep climbing the ladder, and let me tell you, once you get up there, it's the same thing. Yeah, it's... It, it... I, I struggle with, uh, right, I work like in, I work in the mornings most of the time, and I'll get in at, you know, 8.30 or 9, depending on the day, and then come 8.30 or 9 at night, I feel guilty leaving, because service isn't done. Yeah. And I'm like, 12 hours isn't enough? Is 12 hours not enough? Yeah. Which... It's too much already. But, you know, I struggle to leave at a reasonable hour because I feel intrinsically guilty. I need someone to, like, come up and be like, when are you leaving? To, like, trigger the thought in my head that it's, it's, it's okay yeah. to do this. And it's, it, that's, that's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough world, right? It's, it's what makes <clears throat> that industry so, the word that we love right now, toxicity, right? Like, everybody's all, oh, yeah. toxic is trending. Yeah, but not <laughs> but, the song. No. No. No, which is a shame. Shame. But didn't anyway. she, win? didn't she, she win? She did win. She won. Yeah. Leave Britney alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leave her alone. Leave, leave Britney alone. Just let her live now. But. God. Uh, yeah, so 
struggles in the kitchen, struggles in in that space, and that is what led you to the breaking point, <laughs> right? The, yeah. the that the, that spot in your journey where it was this far and no further. But how was how was that crossing the line for you? What was that? What uh, was that? It was weird. Um, it definitely like like I didn't see it, but like my coworkers could like I. If you've ever met me, and you have, obviously, um, like, I, when I'm in the kitchen, I am, like, a frat boy. Like, I'm just, like, rowdy, and I'll say whatever the fuck, but, like, I, like, I'm always determined to, like, keep my energy up in the kitchen because I know work fucking sucks and, like, whatever, but then it just hit a point where I was so fucking depressed and suicidal and just, like, self-medicating, like, I was doing so much coke and drinking so much just to, like, stay functioning. Mm -hmm. Like, I, my sister gave me a mortar and pestle, like, a little baby one as a novelty gift from when she came back from Thailand, and I, at the time, I had it on my nightstand, and it was full of coke that I would use it to, like, grind up, but in the morning, that's the first thing I would do mm-hmm. was like the alarm would go off. I'd wake up, I'd rub Coke on my gums and then I'd do a small bump and then I would get ready for work and go rush off like that. That's where I was like I needed some kind of like whatever substance in my body to fucking make it through the day. And I was so depressed Um, and I had like gone to my boss I think that was a real breaking point. I had gone to my boss, who always said that we were, like, family. He always tried to, like, relate with me because he was also, like, part Asian and stuff. And then, like, we would bond over, like, childhood things and, you know, like, always said we were family and that, like, his mom loves me or whatever. But I went to him and I told him where I was and how badly I needed help. And he said that he would do anything I needed to get help and it never happened like it was just like his go-to phrase I had like made up in my mind that I was just gonna leave and go kill myself like I I couldn't do anymore I couldn't like like I couldn't go find the champagne bin for the last time for a fucking cook (laughs) like I just couldn't like I like that was it like I just I I felt it in my body. I felt it in my head. Like, everything just shut down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is it. Like, like it's not worth it. I want to go die. Like, this is what I'm going to do. And I, like, came up with a game plan of, like, I was going to go get my stuff. And I was going to go home. And I was just going to, like, hang myself. I was, like, going to take a bunch of whatever I had and hang myself. And... I had forgotten that my therapist had scheduled a check-in with me. And at that moment, she called me to check in. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going home. I'm going to go kill myself right now. And she's just like, go to the hospital. And, like, eventually she, like, she was like, if you go to the hospital... And you still want to kill yourself after, at least you've tried going to the hospital first. Mm-hmm. And that was like, like she managed to talk me down. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go to the hospital. 
And I just remember, like, in that moment, going to Ben, the exec too, and being like, Ben, I need to go. And, like, he knew what that meant. And he was like, I was like, I need, I need help. I need to go. And he was like, do whatever you need to. And I just remember packing up my knives and putting my toolbox away uh-huh. because God forbid I couldn't leave <laughs> a dirty station, uh, to go fucking admit myself to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I just took an Uber to fucking Northwestern hospital and told the front desk that I was suicidal and I needed help. And that was, I mean, there's like a ton of breaking points that led up to that moment, but that was like, that was like the key moment where like everything changed for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't like a switch. It was like a gradual thing still. Um, like when I was in the hospital, uh, I was still intending on like coming back and being a sous chef and everything and like talking on going back to work and like my my well i got lucky and got run over by a car so (laughs) (laughs) my my exit there is a little bit more organic yeah that was that was really a blessing in disguise for you yeah yeah i mean like you had a broken collarbone or whatever but like you know um what came after that what was the next step yeah like what what happened uh that made me not go back yeah. basically um like i said it took a lot of talking from the council because i was like <laughs> I <kept laughs> after i admitted myself and the the evaluating psychiatrist was like all right we're gonna put you in the psych ward and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh no not the like, psych ward yeah like oh dun 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 um I was just like, no, I need to, I have to go back to work. Like, no, like I can't, I can't be in the hospital. Like I need to go back to work. Mm -hmm. Like the, like I, I need to run the rooftop. There's still stuff I need to do. I haven't organized the oyster tags that like, (laughs) you mean mean this help is going to take time? Yeah. Like I needed you to just fix me in a half day. I've got, I've got stuff to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when that happened. Uh, we were, I was working at a time with, a another mutual friend of ours and we were both very worried about you when it was happening because i remember it and i was he he's the one who brought it up he's like hey did you see this and i was like no wow well okay i didn't really know how to handle it because it's like i don't know about like phone rules or anything because when i was in rehab there was no communication with the outside world at all right none whatsoever and so it was kind of one of those like okay well reaching out to be like I support you. Doesn't really do much because it's like another message. You know what I mean? I don't know, but I, I remember when it happened. Thanks. But you obviously made it through the other side, and that's what it boiled down to. And I was just like, "What's the point? Like, what's the point of trying to fucking make a name for myself in Chicago if like I can't get that? If I'm just being used?" And I was just like, "Fuck it! Like, what's what's the point of sacrificing any more time to?" an industry that is just so fucking unforgiving if you have mental health issues. Yeah. Like, like now it's more open, but like, uh, you know, like whatever company, uh, in the cafeteria, it's not challenging. You're not going to be like fucking (laughs) like you're going to follow a recipe, but you know, like it's 40 hours 
and health insurance and you get like um you get like breaks like the fucking 15 minute required paid break and like you have to sit down for lunch Mm -hmm. and i was just like in that moment like you know maybe this is what i need because obviously like giving my all and like caring about this fucking restaurant didn't do anything for me so maybe i just like need a time to like gather my life together and so yeah now i've been like a glorified lunch lady for like four years and it's not fulfilling at all um (laughs) some of the uh employees that i interact with i have like (sighs) (laughs) just like so fucking stupid like it's so frustrating Mm -hmm. especially like coming from being a sous chef and then like coming here it's just like how have you managed to survive this long like if it wasn't for the fact that your mom's vaginal muscles push you out as you were a child and like she had like pushed you out and given birth to you you would still be in her uterus as a full-grown adult because you're just so physically fucking incapable of doing anything besides blinking and breathing <laughs> like i don't get it. it it blows my mind yeah and but at the same time like I can get angry about that, but I have so much more free time. Yeah. Like, I I have, I have a niece that I see, and, like, she remembers me, like, <laughs> like, my, my cousin's kid, he forgot me once I started working at the, the last place where I was sous chef, he forgot me, and, you know, that, like, it's, like, I have weekends off, I have nights off, it's just, like, I I can, like, pick up hobbies again, mm-hmm. and it's fucking weird, and, yeah, I, it's not the most fulfilling job. Like, when did you begin to think about monetizing your hobbies? Um, I think how most small businesses started, uh, during lockdown, um, it was actually, uh, I had just moved into an apartment by myself, and, like, in the psych ward, my coping mechanism was, like, puzzles. Mm-hmm. So I was doing a fuck ton of puzzles, I was, like, blowing through them, and eventually the world ran out of puzzles. Because everyone decided they wanted to do puzzles, too. Oh, you mean, like, not figuratively, but, like, literally there weren't puzzles to be... Yeah, like, there were physically no little cardboard jig-jaggies for me to just, like, loom over for 15 fucking hours while I listened to a podcast about a girl who got disassembled in the woods. You know? Like... True crime. True true crime, baby. True crime. All right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there was no more of that, and I fucking was losing my mind. Like, that was how I processed um things at the time and eventually like i had a lot of plants i wasn't this makes me sound like like one of those like old angry men like i had a lot of plants before we locked down <laughs> damn it like i was i was like taking care of plants before i had like hundreds of plants in my house and then i got like five i just got i just got them they're probably gonna die I saw the aloe. It looked very uh, alive. Well, it's new. Oh, well. And everything is new. Oh. Do you just, like, rotate 
every time a plant dies, you just buy a new one and replace it. Yeah, it's like the goldfish with your kid. That's why That's why you never buy, like, a fancy fish with the kid. That way when it dies, you can just replace it. <laughs> They'll never know. Plants. I suck at them. You seem to be good at them. Uh... And then you got to also kind of bring in some, some fun... Because, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think what's interesting about your, your product, if you will, is that I've never heard of them before never seen them i didn't know they existed i mean i knew of like marimo and like moss balls and like yeah that kind of a thing right but never like a bondaged hanging plant plant that was not just it, it, a it, little it was, bit of moss that you right it was intentionally a live yeah creature yeah perpetually in bondage nice <laughs> my wildest dream for myself living your best life Yes, that's how I will retire. Tell me about the plants. Tell me about what they're they're called. I mean, you mentioned them a little bit earlier, but like, yeah. give us a little bit more more detail about that. So, uh, kokedama is like this old old school Japanese style of displaying plants. Uh, it's people call it the poor man's bonsai, but like, it doesn't. I guess it's, like, the easiest way to explain it to people that don't know. Um, it's, like, a 500-year-old tradition, and it is similar to bonsai in the aspect of just, like, you know, like, bringing in nature intentionally and just, like, caring for it. And, like, I can't say, like, like to make it look as natural as possible because when the fuck are they, like, floating balls just like out in nature, in in this business, right? Which what is the name? You should you should be plugging yourself here. What's the name oh, God, of your business? I'm the worst at this. Uh, it's plant bound. Um, it's taken. The name is like a play on a like if if you have a plant and it overgrows from its pot and like and it's just like all roots. It's you say it's root bound. It's root bound. It needs to be like sized up in a bigger pot, blah, blah, blah. Um, at the time when I was fucking around with these as like a personal thing for myself, uh, people started reaching out and, um, I was like, Hey, I actually want to buy one of these. Like, blah, blah, blah. Um, I had messed around with the idea because like, you know, like, as a fucking millennial Asian kid, like, I grew up with Pokemon. I was like, well, they kind of look like Pokeballs. Um, so I was, like, messing around with that, but it just, like, it didn't. <laughs> and then, like, the the design that I wanted to have on the outside, like, the binding design, uh -huh. I wanted to look like a Pokeball. But instead, all my friends were like, it kind of looks like the the plant has a butthole. <laughs> so oh, is, is like a knot in the, yeah. you know i can picture that in my brain as to like why they would yep <laughs> yeah but it it looked like a butthole so i was just like well as much as i like to like make those fucking jokes like i was like i don't want a butthole plant <laughs> um and so I, at the time, like, I was really into shibari, which is, like, Japanese bondage, super intricate, super cool, super hot. Um, and, like, I, I realized, like, the, the way that I did, I was, like, doing shibari brought me, like, this weird, like, cathartic kind of feeling, like, when I would bind kokodama. So, uh, that's how I came up with Plant Bound, um... 
And yeah, it, and then I don't know what happened. It just like. So when, when you went to, I guess you went to scale this, right? Cause it stopped being like, oh, I'm just going to make one or two for myself. And you started looking at it in scale. Yeah. What were some of like the, the early challenges that you faced? Like, especially trying to write, like most people pivoted and created a business for themselves in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of the lockdown, in the middle of global shortages and Panama Canal blockages and and all of that stuff right so was it could you even get moss could you get the rope could you get the dirt was it hard to source the plants um oh the plants was the hardest part um in the beginning when I was just like doing it for shits and giggles for friends I would just like go to fucking like a big box store like Home Depot and whatever but then like Eventually, orders started picking up, and it was it wasn't just making like a five a week. It was like making ten, fifteen, twenty, and then like I I had like I have a friend who owns a shop in Westtown called the Plantier, and she had a market was looking for vendors, and I was like, well, I could use some cash, and um, reach out to her. Next thing I know, I'm making like eighty of them in one sitting and big box fucking shops were not doing it for me and I was getting specific orders and like asked for specific plants and so you had to basically start going wholesale so to actually yeah, yeah. You couldn't do retail anymore and the fucking problem was like with lockdown all these people were just like oh look at this pink plant and then suddenly like everyone wanted a kokodama of that one plant and nobody had it for like months and so right. I just like, a, a very common plant that, like, like way back when I started buying them, I bought it for, like, $4. But now, like, to find a six-inch version was going to be, like, three months out and was going to cost me, like, 60 bucks. Yeah. It was insane. And it wasn't... <laughs> it was, like, a fucking arrowhead plant. It was just, like, you know... Right. One super... It was, it was like, the radita of plants. It was everywhere. <laughs> and then suddenly I was paying fucking 60 bucks for Ratata. Like, right. no. Um, so oh, that was like... Ratata or Ratata? Rat- I guess Ratata. 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 Well, I, I, so like all Pokemon names are puns, right? Like, they all, they're all like a pun. Yeah. And so I thought it was Ratata because, you know, like Ratata tat, like tat tat tat. Oh. Because the teeth. I never thought it... I just thought of how they how they pronounce it in the show. Radita. Oh, that's then that's that's technically more canon than my stupid. Well, it's like people who are like Tangela or Tangela, and I'm like, well, it's a bramble, so it's a tangle of vines. The name is Tangela. Well, I I guess like the the There's argument a tangelo. there. It's an orange. That's a different <laughs> thing. There's a Tangelo. It exists already. Uh oh, oh god, are we having like the Pokemon argument of GIF and GIF? Right now. Oh my god, we are. But it is, it is, it is GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. That's not an argument. That's just, that's just, you're just wrong. If even the guy (laughs) who came up with it and said it was GIF, like, no, you're wrong and you should have been a swallow. Like, who the fuck calls it GIF? Like, GIF is a jar of peanut butter. Peanut butter. Jiffy. Highly processed peanut butter. It's not. Or popcorn. You have Jiffy Pop? Oh, yeah. But that's like jiffy. But it's still jif- jiffy. Oh. Because you'll make it in a jiffy. 
Oh, God. White people and things that they say. Jiffy is not that weird, is it? I... I've never... Silence speaks volumes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like, coming from a kid who, like... My parents are refugees. Like I've never said Jiffy growing up. I I actually just just now realized that Jiffy Lube is like oh here quick quick car shop thing. Quick like, car shop. I've exactly. never associated Jiffy with quick or whatever. I just associated it with peanut butter. Huh. Like I've never. Here I am, just blowing minds left and right. Yeah, just like the the <laughs> fucking like. God, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I never used Jiffy growing up. One time I used Shucks in front of my mom, because I heard, like, my neighbor say it. Oh, Shucks. And my mom slapped me, because she thought it was a swear word, and she beat the fuck out of me for saying it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I always thought Shucks was a bad word. Oh, man. It's not. It's not. (laughs) It is most famously not. It's not. I got beat the fuck up. I remember my mom was sweeping the floor. Beat you with the broom? And no, she didn't beat me with the fucking broom. She just stopped sweeping. Like she put down the broom to full on slap me in the face and then go get the wooden spoon that she uses to like make food, but also fucking wallop my goddamn ass with because I use shucks. So I would definitely never try to use Jiffy in the house if I <laughs> knew that it was a fucking word <laughs> because I'd be like, well, this is what happens when I use like American slang that I learned from my classmates or whatever. Huh. Yeah, I would avoid it too. <laughs> but. So I digress. The sourcing of plants became an issue. Oh, yeah. Yes. And yeah, so it's just that happened. More people wanted them. Then you made, I know, I know for just from Insider Baseball, you made a decision to bring another person on, right? Like you, yeah. you, you hired another employee. Yeah. You know. That's a, I feel like maybe just, just me, but I feel like going from a small-time business owner to hiring an employee. That's a big risk. That's a big step. Now you're promising to pay. Yeah. You're, or at least however it might work itself out, right? You're going to reimburse them in some way to make it worth their while in an equitable form. Yeah. Right? So uh, that comes across as like a really big risk, a really big challenge that you were forced to, to, to come to. And what led up to that decision at that point where you're like all right i need assistance um it got to the point where i was like doing markets regularly and like i was doing roughly two to three a month at that point and still doing production in my house but it was like apartment please (laughs) buying a house in this economy uh you fucking kidding me uh yeah i just like it was not manageable like it was taking up all my space, all my time, like, like, start to finish, like, start with, like, taking apart a plant and portioning it, I guess you could say, and then, like, finishing it, like, like, getting it ready and tagged and labeled, for one, would take about, like, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending. Uh And that was, like, And I just could not keep up with production, and I just, like, needed help. And the biggest trouble for me was, like, um, I feel like you probably also had this issue, is just, like, 
Um, or I'm sure a lot of people do. Like, I would rather do it myself because at least I know I'm doing it properly. Yep. Um, yep. That's that. That is the hardest thing to overcome in a lot of in a lot of cases when it comes to not just that, but management. Basically, delegation yes. is a very challenging thing to let happen. Yeah. It, and and then not only that, too, when you're training someone, it's letting them fail. You have to watch them knowing that they're doing it wrong so that they can see the outcome wrong. And then you have to already have it fixed so that it doesn't affect your client or your guest because... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was... That's a huge struggle for me. Um, I don't know if you've realized from our whole friendship, but I'm not the best at, like, articulating thoughts uh, <laughs> on the fly. Like, I'm very much, like, I'll say something and then, like, have to go back and, like, rethink it and right. rephrase it or whatever. Or, like, I have to put it through text. Um, and so trying to explain the process to an employee to a person in general and like why this has to be like this and this and this and this i was not very good at like articulating i'm very much like a hands-on like here let me show you seven times and then like hopefully you'll understand my thought process because (laughs) uh (laughs) because i fucking can't use words right um and that was just like the biggest struggle is and like at the time I was also, like, learning how to kind of, like, streamline production and everything. So, like, aside from training Shin, um, my employee, I was also trying to figure out, like, better ways to do things, but also, like, failing myself. And so, on top of, like, you know, like, her learning and then, like, me trying to figure out, like, like, where the situation was and what the issue was. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, revising as I was teaching her through the process. So we're Uh both going through it together. Isn't that the beauty of educating someone is that you learn as you do it? Sure. It is. Like, (laughs) well, I mean, I think so at least. Like, you're teaching someone how to do something. And then they're going to ask why. And you're going to go, well, uh, I don't actually know. (laughs) <laughs> and then, then they ask that question. It starts to like, ask that question in your head. Like, why do I do it this way? Is just this the first way that I did it? Is this the best way to do it? Yeah. You know? And then as you're teaching someone how to do it, you're also learning at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not... I don't mean like... I, I would really hope that like a math teacher isn't learning math as they're teaching kids math. Oh, fuck. Like, that would totally be me. I'd be like, I don't know. Let's Google this together, champ. Why does six plus six equal 15? And would be like, well, well, I don't know how I got this job. Yeah, obviously not in all cases, but in like a, in a, in a, in a, in, in a, a small a, business sense. Small or business like, sense or just in like almost like a, maybe an ethical sense or moral sense, even like a, a hands-on tangible skill sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, especially when it's, like, I, like, I self-taught. Like, I, mm-hmm. like, I saw the idea for, or not idea, but, like, I saw the concept of Kokodama, like, fucking, like, eight years ago or whatever, just, like, randomly in passing in a book. And then, like, I had to, like, look up videos and self-teach and everything. And so, like, there was no rhyme or reason as to, like, why I was really doing the things the way that I did and having Shin learn with me 
really had to like make me sit down and think like why am I doing it like this why like is again like what you said like is this the best way but I think that was like the biggest fucking hurdle for me was like Shin not understanding why I was doing something like that and then like I didn't have anyone to be like hey like why why are we doing it this way it was just like me talking to myself in the shower being like why exactly am I doing it this way like is this yada 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 so like like having bringing Shin on was difficult in the sense of like I like I'm not the best at articulating my intentions or methods but like it really made me look at the business and see what was the best way to go about things like moving forward Uh um, which was great and like thankfully like she wasn't just, like, a random person I brought on. I, like, work with her at, like, my full-time job, and she she actually was, like, a customer at first and, like, had started getting into plans and asked me how to make it. And I was like, well, coincidentally, I need help a couple times a week. Would you... You want to learn how to make it? Would you like to learn how to make a thousand dollars? Yes. <laughs> Would you like to learn how to make it to the fa- to the point where, like, your fingers blister and we are wearing, like... Uh, tape on our fingers because, like, the skin is so worn down from binding thousands of plants. Um, so, yeah. It's a beautiful product, though. And if, 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 uh, I wholeheartedly recommend if the, the, our four listeners to, hey, mom, um, <laughs> mom, 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 can, um, I, can I get this Lego set, please? But, uh, you know, our, our three listeners plus my mom, um, <laughs> and your dad, and my dad. That's true. yeah. No, I said the moon listen. landing was real. So uh, oh, it's oh, true. He better he better listen now. Yes, at this point. <laughs> uh, middle uh, an old white man has uh, approved of at least this episode of the podcast. At least the moon landing. The moon landing part. Every everything else, he's like <laughs> <laughs> no nonsense. No. But. Um, I hardly recommend that people look it up. Um, it's a really cool. It's a really cool thing. Um, it's something that I don't know. It's it does. It actually it's design wise. I find it to be nice. I like things that are. I like negative space. I like things that aren't attached to things. And while yes, it's bound and a rope is holding it to the ceiling, it isn't on the ground. Yeah. And there's something kind of poetic about not being attached to the ground, especially a plant. Right. It's almost yep. ironic that a plant would not be attached to the ground yeah it's it's just like allowed to freely grow as it wishes um yeah like it's it's not constrained by anything um i get a lot of people that reach out about certain plants that they need like resized and like uh and i've found that like the plant has like jut out on the sides and like made arms for itself or whatever. And it's just like, that would never happen in a pot. Like it would to an extent, but eventually it would be forced to grow upwards as opposed to like, this is just doing whatever it wants. Um, which I guess like talking about it and like, just like thinking about it in my head is kind of like poetic in a sense that like, the plant kind of resembles myself like not constraining to like anything Mm -hmm. just like like everything i do is on a whim and the way this plant grows is also on a whim Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's like you're buying a piece of me and putting it in your house and watching you while you walk around naked air drying because who the fuck like actually towel dries now 
I don't drive. Oh. <laughs> I just open up the windows and I <laughs> I, the, I let I let air every out. yeah I just air it out all to see living behind the Popeyes drive through like oh as you're getting your spicy chicken sandwich you will just see me walking around airing out all my uh, dirty laundry all my literal dirty laundry all my soiled bits <laughs> yes I do towel off you gotta towel off Damn. I do like the I do like the hand squeegee thing. Oh. But but then I just like I just can't I cannot stand wet footprints. Mm. So what are some things that inspire you? What material do you like to consume? What is it that like after you're done reading it, watching it, playing it, living it, doing it that leaves you more inspired to continue to work on what you love? Um, especially since starting a. Uh... A small business you know and like doing markets i have really i've met a fuck ton of like small business owners and everything and it's it's those people that like my peers inspire mm-hmm. me it doesn't matter like if it's plant related or whatever like if you are passionate about the business and you're like actively fucking like making changes and doing that and this and this like like i have like some awesome fucking like witchy vendor friends like one makes soaps one makes candles and they're all like they there's like so much thought that goes into it and Mm -hmm. like i feel like if i can see your product and know that there's like intention in it and you're not just doing it to fucking make a buck or whatever like it it just like really empowers me to also work with intention and like yeah constantly makes me like like realize like if i can't do that like right now i'm taking a break because like i've burned myself out i i can't make passionately right now um right and and yeah that's like that's honestly what drives me is just like going to different markets and seeing what like my friends are doing and like what is really driving them at the moment (laughs) look inspiration comes from strange places yes yeah so appreciate your time Uh, is there anything else that you want to check out my instagram uh plantbound.shy i don't know drop a hey hello or don't like i don't ultimately i don't fucking care if you're not interested in my product i'm not gonna try and like whatever you're either gonna like it or you don't uh but yeah if you ever see me at a market say hi or don't or like i have my pet rats with me uh most of the time people will just come up and pet my rats and not even look at my shit (laughs) but whatever uh well then sam thanks for hanging out today um you can find us on Waypoints Podcast on Instagram. You can also reach out an email on waypoints at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, or maybe even recommendations on other people who might um, look great on my couch. <laughs> I might rework Audition. that one. I might, I might re- rework <laughs> the, the outro here a little bit. I feel like 
Um, that will never be answered because anyone that bought canned bread actually used it as, like, a prototype for a flashlight. 